The Old Testament reading for our celebration of the baptism of our Lord comes from the prophet Isaiah, the 42nd chapter. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And this is the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. For great is his steadfast love toward us. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. The epistle reading comes from Paul's letter to the church in Rome, the sixth chapter. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And this is the word of the Lord. And the Holy Gospel, which serves as the text for our sermon this morning, comes to us according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, 
And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And this is the Gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we are Lutherans. I hope that doesn't come as a shock to anyone this morning. We are Lutherans, and so we are used to asking the great Lutheran question from the small catechism, what does this mean? For catechism students, that's a scary question because it means they have more memory work to do. But for all Christians, even catechism students, it means let's dig into this deeper. Let's try to understand this better. Let's not just mouth the words, but really read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest what God's word has to say. And as we do this, we're not just looking at some academic cross-references and footnotes. When we answer the question, what does this mean, we're really answering the question, what does this mean for me? How does this apply to my life, to my current situation? How is this useful to me today? Well, today we celebrate the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we do so, we need to not just look back at the account and nod knowingly at the events as they, are re- as they are told to us. As we see Jesus enter the waters of baptism, as we hear the voice of the Father and the image of the dove, we need to ask that great Lutheran question, what does this mean? Not just to get the nitty-gritty details right and have a better understanding of who did what, we need to ask that question so that we can understand What does this mean for me? What does Jesus' baptism mean for us today? Well, to start with, what exactly happened at Jesus' baptism? There's a lot of different ideas about what happened there, and a lot of them are just wrong. Some people think that this was God's way of revealing just who the Messiah was. Was Jesus made the Messiah by the proclamation after his baptism? As he came up out of the waters of the Jordan, did God look down and say, now that guy, that's Messiah material, and then decide that he would be the one who would save the world? Kind of like John was handing out baptismal scratch-off tickets, and one lucky participant would get to be the Messiah. Well, of course that's not right. Jesus was the Messiah from the beginning. At the age of 12 in the temple, Jesus already knew what he was doing, and he was already going about his father's work. As his parents found him, he said, didn't you know this is where I would be? Doing the work of my father. He knew who he was, not just from his birth, not just from his conception, but from all eternity. His awareness wasn't like switched off as a baby only to be jump-started here at baptism. As he comes up, he's like, Wowzers! I'm the Messiah! I had forgotten about that! No. His baptism was not for his own benefit. So, some people then speculate, was this just the mark of the beginning of his public ministry? Was his baptism and the voice of God and the image of the dove 
Was this just a big kickoff event to signify that now it's time to get down to business? Well, again, no. Jesus did not need an earthly pep rally to get things rolling. All things happen according to God's time. And as he is God, they happen when he says they happen. And in fact, his earthly ministry, that was not the main reason for his being among us. It was important. It was good. But what it did was it pointed to and led up to the ultimate reason that he came, the cross and the empty tomb. So then what is Jesus' baptism? Was this just God's way of proclaiming to those who were present that Jesus was the Messiah? Well, in part, yes, it was a public proclamation of that, but it was so much more than that. Because, you see, Jesus Christ had already been identified as the Messiah through the things that he had done, through all the prophecies about him through the Old Testament. John himself already knew that Jesus was the Messiah Because when Jesus comes to him, he says, Hey, you don't need to be baptized. I should be being asked to be baptized by you. What happened here? The voice, the proclamation, it wasn't limited to just a small group of people who were lucky enough to be standing there at the River Jordan that day. The baptism of Jesus Christ, it is much, much more than any of these things. You see, the truth is, Jesus did not need to be baptized. Jesus was and is perfect and holy and without sin. There's nothing there to wash away. There's nothing for him to confess. John was absolutely right in that point. He's already connected to God by the fact that he is God himself. And so in earthly terms, there is no benefit for him in coming to be baptized. And yet... Jesus chose to be baptized because his baptism wasn't just to connect him to God and show that he was the Messiah. His baptism connected himself to all mankind. God was not content to just sit back and watch mankind die in the sin as we deserved. God himself got down in the mud, came into the trenches to be with us, to make us clean, and holy. And not just a select few. God loved the world, and so he came to be with all mankind. His baptism is what gives our baptism the power that it has. Because Jesus was baptized, we are united with him. We are joined together with him as he entered into those same holy waters that we ourselves have. By his baptism, Jesus sanctified all other baptisms, gave them their power, made them holy. You see, Jesus is not just the Savior from afar. He doesn't just sit far off and kind of act like middle management and say, well, if you do a few things better, everything will come out nice. He is the one who is not ashamed to stand with us. As he stands in those same baptismal waters that we do, All the filth and the grime, the sin and iniquity that is washed off of us, it is put upon him. Like taking a clean sponge and putting it into filthy water in a bathtub. All of the guilt and the sin and the iniquity is filtered through him. He takes it upon himself and we are left without it. He who was without sin 
became sin for us. As Paul says, we were buried with him, therefore, by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. As Jesus entered the waters of baptism, he did so to cleanse us, not himself. So that's what Jesus' baptism is all about. It's about us. It wasn't just something nice that he did for show or some kind of a self-affirmation to get him pumped up for the rest of his ministry. Jesus' baptism joins us to him, makes us his own, and gives baptism today its power. But of course, that leads us back to our original question. What does this mean for me? What does my baptism mean? Well, baptism, it's not just a nice symbol. It's not just a way to bring babies to the church and say, look what we did. Too many times we focus on the outer trappings of the baptism, on the family members who can or can't be present, on the beauty of the dress, on the cuteness of the day. Too many times we get taken in by the cuteness of the baptized infant who made a funny face just as the water touched her head. Some people even see baptism as something that we do to proclaim our faith, to dedicate a child to God. But it's so much more than that. Baptism is not our work. It is God's work. And it is a holy work, a miraculous work that we don't deserve, and yet he gives to us so freely. Baptism is the very center of our Christian life. In baptism, we sinners who deserved only death and wrath and condemnation, we are made alive in Jesus Christ. We who were dead to God because of our sin and our rebellion and our guilt, we are given new life in him. We are reconciled to God as he claims us rebellious sinners as his own dear children. God himself comes down from heaven, lifts us out of the sin, the darkness, and the death that held us captive. He declares that he is not ashamed to stand with us and to call us his children. He vows that he will be with us always, that he will be present and active in our lives forever as he comes to us and unites himself with us in those waters. And in the waters of baptism, we are also joined to one another. We are united in the one holy church of all believers all throughout the world. We, as Christians, we all share the same baptismal waters. Now, that doesn't mean that all Christians believe the same things. It doesn't even mean that all Christians treat baptism correctly or understand it correctly. There are those who don't get or don't acknowledge what baptism really is. They say that it's their own work, that it's something we do, something you have to do over and over and over in your life. But the fact is, their misunderstanding doesn't remove the power that God has given to this holy sacrament. It is the eternal washing of regeneration, the waters that cleanse us of our guilt, work faith in our hearts, and unite us together as his holy church here on earth. But more important even than being united with one another, in the waters of baptism, we are united with Jesus Christ himself. Joined into his death, as all of our sins are taken from us, laid upon him, and nailed to the cross. 
Again, Paul says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Our sin is taken from us and is nailed to the cross never to bother us again. Not just the original sin, not just the sins that we don't know about, and then he leaves us to take care of the rest. All of our sin is forgiven in the waters of baptism. All of it is washed away from ourselves and laid upon him. And so, baptized into his death, we are now dead to sin. Now this doesn't mean, like some people think, that once you're baptized, if you do it correctly, you'll never sin again. People who say that don't understand baptism and don't understand people or sin. What it means, though, is sin is no longer our master. Sin is no longer the only thing that we can do. Sin does not enslave us. It cannot affect us for all eternity. Do you remember those commercials a while back when nonstick pans were just coming out and they were really a big deal? where the egg just slid right off the pan, onto the plate. There was no trace of it anywhere. That's what baptism does for us. We've become Teflon Christians. And sin and death and the devil, they can't touch us. They can't stick to our lives because of that constant washing of regeneration that God has given us in the waters of baptism. In Jesus' death on the cross, he defeated sin, death, and the devil for all time, not for himself, but for us. He took our place beneath the wrath of God. He paid our penalty for all of our sins. He died in our place to atone for all of our wrongdoing. And in our baptism, we are baptized into that very death, that victory that Jesus Christ won. And since you have been joined to him in his death, you are also joined to him in his resurrection. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. By our baptism, we are given not hope, but the guarantee of eternal life in Jesus. We are given the very righteousness of Jesus himself as he washes away all of our guilt and our sin. And so we know that just as Jesus rose from the grave, so too will we we will rise to a sinless perfection of heaven. No more guilt or sorrow, no more pain or temptation, no more suffering, no mourning, no sin, no death. We will live for all eternity in his glorious presence because of the gracious gift of baptism that he has given us. We will rise again to perfect freedom from all sinful desires because we have been washed in those holy waters that he has given to us. That's what it's all about. That's why Jesus Christ was baptized. It wasn't for his own good. It was for you. His baptism is your baptism. And your baptism is the very center of your life as a Christian. Your baptism has made you a child of God. It has washed you clean of all of your sin. It has instilled faith in your heart. And it has given to you that glorious promise of eternal life. Your baptism has made you a part of the holy Christian church here on earth as God placed his name upon you. And here you stand shoulder to shoulder, not just with every other believer throughout history, but you stand with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself. 
That's why we celebrate our Lord's baptism today. That's why we celebrate our own baptism each and every time we gather together. That's why our services start with that glorious baptismal formula in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism now saves you. Baptism makes you a new creation. Baptism is your life. What does the baptism of our Lord and your own baptism mean for you? It means that through the cross and empty tomb of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, through his grace applied directly to your life, you are forgiven of all of your sin and eternal life in heaven is yours. Thanks be to God. Amen.